Hey guys, how are you doing today? Well, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, so, uh, Chris Prickett, um, the head coach at uh, Niagara Top Team, as well as a uh, uh, wrestling coach at Brock University, um, and then Jasmine Jazavicius, uh, 4-0 strawweight um, MMA fighter and 3-0 boxer. Uh, so my first question for you guys is how do you two meet? I'd say co co head coach at uh, Niagara Top Team. Coach, I got yeah. a, a business partner there, Matt DeMarc Antonio. My so uh, together we kind of we run we run we run the team, and, and Jazz helps out as well. Um, but uh, yeah, how we met? We met. Um, yeah, kind of a funny story actually. Uh, it was uh, July first, so like fireworks, okay. and I was going down to like check out the fireworks with a, a couple friends, and end up meeting Jazz there. And she was like, well, I guess you yeah. can tell the story because so you're like, one of your my side friend, of the story. One of my friends, she like called me and she's like, oh, hey, uh, let's go watch fireworks down in Port Luzi. And like, I, I didn't want to go. I was like super tired. And then, but she's like, come on, please, please, please. I, like, I, I really want to go see them. So then I'm just like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go. And then so she picks me up and then we get down there and we're like walking towards the beach for the fireworks. And then She's like, yeah, so I've been, like, talking to this guy on, on Tinder, and I'm like, you, yeah, that's why you wanted me to come. You just didn't want to go alone to meet this guy. And then, so. And like, I was, like, in the same situation. I didn't know that one of my friends was, like, meeting up with a girl on Tinder. You kind of just threw, threw it at us, like, last second. Too. He's like, oh, yeah, some okay. girl from Tinder I met is going to meet up with us. And I was like, okay, that's random, but yeah. whatever. And then, so, yeah, Jazz kind of got dragged into that situation, and, that, and that's how we met. And we ended nice. up. Uh, like hanging out or whatever and then that's how it started cool um and then a uh, question for uh jazz so you've competed in wrestling mma boxing muay thai all different martial arts uh what was your first martial art and uh when did you start uh, i kind of started everything all at once the first one i ever competed in was wrestling it was uh canada cup and okay. uh that was like the the first competition that I did for martial arts but I kind of started it all kind of at all at the same time okay nice uh so is mixed martial arts your favorite out of all of them so far yeah for sure it's like nice. the purest form I think cool and then a uh, question for Chris so you've had a 20 uh, year wrestling career and that started when you're nine years old uh, when did you first transition to Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA um probably like i don't know it was a very like gradual thing like i started like dabbling in uh jujitsu uh working with my good buddy jason sago back in the guelph days so he was like training wrestling at uh at the university and he was just kind of you know trying to learn takedowns and takedown defense and stuff for for martial arts himself and so that's how i met uh him and then he was just asking to get some extra working with the wrestling and stuff and he just was always so keen to learn wrestling. So I was showing him some stuff on the side here and there. And then just, you know, eventually he, he asked me to be in his corner for one of his fights. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm cornering like an MMA fight. This is crazy. So I want to really make sure the techniques I'm showing him like apply to MMA. So yeah. I started learning about like jujitsu first and making sure I'm not like showing him a high crotch and staying, staying on the one leg and getting caught in a guillotine and stuff like that. We just kind of like started playing back and forth with ideas and 
I mean, feel like kind of old saying back then, but really like back then there wasn't a ton of like what's right and wrong from the transitional side of things. So we were just experimenting with stuff and that's kind of how I got into it. I just started learning and then I would show them something and be like, Oh, but what about if they do this? And we just basically started like playing around with situations, wrestling slash jujitsu. So I'd say that was like around, started playing around it maybe like around 2009 2010 okay nice and then once i was done wrestling in 2012 so like around 2000 end of 2012 2013 is when i started like getting into jiu-jitsu a lot more and then eventually mma okay and when did you compete first in jiu-jitsu yeah um probably i think 2012 i did a tournament actually like right after uh like nationals that year, maybe that summer, <laughs> I competed in a tournament right away. I, st- I actually, my first tournament in jiu-jitsu I did, I wore wrestling shoes. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah, I was one of those guys. Like, I had no idea really what I was doing outside of, like, you know, get a takedown and don't get stuck. In, uh, How did the tournament go? Uh, I went good. I won. Nice. I won that tournament. Sweet. Yeah. And then uh, question for Jasmine. Oh, that's always good. Um, could you tell me a bit about your experience training and fighting in Thailand? Yeah, so that was crazy. Um, so it's funny because Jason Sago, the one that he was talking about, was there coaching. And okay. so that's how I kind of like got hooked up into all of this. Um, and um, so I went there. I was there for like a little over three weeks, I think it was. And it was crazy. Like we, it was like twice twice a day, and we'd have to like run before and after every practice. And like practices were super intense, and it was like the most exhausted that I've ever been. But yeah, like it was super fulfilling, and I highly recommend it to anyone who like is into MMA or like whatever kickboxing, whatever you're into, kind of thing. It's just like a really cool experience. Um, and then like, food is good. Thailand's sick. I'd definitely yeah. go back, even if I wasn't like fighting or anything like that, just for a vacation. Cause it's uh, like really interesting place. And uh, yeah, I, re- I, I really loved it. Yeah. Kind of talking about, we, we just talked about Sago like twice here. One, one thing that uh, I learned of, like really early on from him and how his whole like martial arts uh, journey became, uh, became and like, GSP kind of has that similar philosophy, but it's like learn each discipline in its, in its core, purest in its purest form, and yeah. then blend it together in MMA. And I feel like that's something that has been like, that we've really tried to do with, with her career. So again, Thailand, to, to learn Muay Thai, that's like uh, what hockey is like here, similar mm-hmm. to like wrestling in Russia. So trying to learn each sport and that's the, that's like the Mecca for, for Muay Thai, right? So such a, a great experience and I mean it's kind of funny you went to Thailand you learned you know practice Muay Thai there we went to Russia, Russia. so you got to, to wrestle there I mean it's that's the best way to do it right learn from the yeah. best and the people that specialize in those disciplines and when she's working on her boxing she works with like boxing Boxers. specialists and and then we blend it all together kind of that's the idea so nice and uh, you're training in Phuket right yeah, I was in Phuket. yeah. nice and uh, what gym were you training Absolute. at? It was called Absolute. Okay, nice. And uh, you had one. Where would, where'd you go? You went to Thailand, right? Yeah, so I went to FA Group uh, in Bangkok. And then I went to Diamond Muay Thai 
And then uh, I also went to, uh, so Dan Muay Thai was at Copenhagen. And then I also went to Lampong uh, with uh, Berkwerk, uh, John Berkwerk. Uh, I think his gym's just called Berkwerk Gym. Yeah. No, it's like pretty cost effective once you get there, right? Like the yeah. flight, I think, was like the most expensive thing. And then once yeah. you're there, like food's so cheap and, and training is like relatively cheap too. So. For sure. Um, and so you just had the one fight there? Yeah, I just fought once. It was like I was training for like two weeks and then one of the trainers like, oh, do you want to fight? And then I'm like, okay, like what weight or what's a like when kind of thing. And then yeah. he's like, uh, looks like kind of like looks me up and down. He's like, okay, you fight next weekend. I'm like, yeah, it's so casual okay. there. They're just always <laughs> ready to fight. And yeah. as opposed to North America where it's like you have a full camp and you have yeah, yeah, they don't taper or anything. Yeah, it's nice. It's training right up. And uh, how did the fight go? It was good. I won first round, and nice. uh, it was, I mean, against like a Thai girl, and they're, you know, they're doing it for the money. Was they knew dropper with a leg kick. Like, yeah, uh, you had a finishing leg, with yeah. low kick. So. Oh, nice. Beat them at their own game. Yeah. Um, uh, so having watched. Uh, all your fights inspired you in the past. I know you really like to uh, work the body, both with uh, your punches and your clinch knees. How would you say like your Muay Thai experience kind of influenced your uh, your game plan and like your clinching? Uh, well, it's funny because before I went to Thailand, I didn't really like, I mean, I worked on it like a little bit and stuff, but I didn't really like dabble into it too much. And then when I was there, one of the trainers, he would just, like, grab me every day and just, like, beat the fuck out of me in the clinch. Like, not yeah. obviously, like, smashing me with elbows and stuff, but he's, like, laying in knees. Like, that. it was hard to me. Obviously, it wasn't hard for him. But then, like, just, like, feeling kind of, like, the power that you have with in, in that clinch. And then it's nice because I mixed it with, like, the wrestling. And then I, I, I don't know, I really like it. It's pretty sick. And I like going to the body <laughs> no she's yeah. a natural like she got like natural Thai blood or something in her because even like <laughs> the first her, fir her first fight she ever did she was like just so natural to go to the knees to the body and she finished her, her first opponent with knees to the body we'd never even like choke, but oh yeah yeah her. you dropped her and then you choked her but literally we let, never even worked that technique and she just went to yeah. it in her first fight and now she you finished I think you have like three finishes via knees or yeah, like, I mean, like it end up, you, you'll end up finishing them some other way, but like you Finish. throw the knee strikes a lot and, and yeah. same thing with the elbow. So it's just like something that comes natural. Yeah. It comes natural. And almost like you probably worked more straight bot. Maybe it's pretty close now, but like you worked a lot more straight boxing straight ball, and yeah. wrestling and stuff, but the knees and the elbows just come out naturally for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in, uh, at FA you group. started before, you know what the body shots feel like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. to look away a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in uh, Bangkok, when I was at FA group, like the biggest uh, difference I found between North America and Muay Thai and uh, actually in Thailand is like just the clinch game and like how much they work on the clinch. Uh, at FA group, like they would start off every session with like 30 to 45 minutes just straight clinch sparring of like for both sessions. So that's like a huge part out there but I, I i find that it was such a weird transition for me uh going from muay thai to wrestling because it's like so so different yeah. you can only have the one hand on the head and you have to have your like muay thai you kind of want to have your hips in when you're 
clinch fighting, but like you need to be way bent yeah. over for wrestling. It's a weird, weird transition for sure. Yeah, uh, and, and that's why like we again go to go back to like learning each discipline because each discipline has its like strengths and stuff, but also its weaknesses. And for sure, like a Thai fighter is one of the easiest uh, stand-up styles to take down because the hips are forward. Yeah, which is quite different than wrestling where you want the hips back. So, but for sure, the Thai clinch, man, it's it's nasty. Like I've never been hit with an elbow, but I've seen like people get hit with elbows like up close and in person. And I don't know, like watching it on TV versus actually seeing that stuff live, it's it's fucking scary. Like the the yeah. transition from amateur MMA to pro MMA is like such a huge jump just because of the elbows to the faces. I don't know. I could see like you, you got to be a different breed to be able to throw elbows and land elbows to the face. It's just yeah, like yeah. you have to accept that you're gonna you're yeah. in range to take an elbow when you're giving yeah. an elbow. For sure, there's almost I, I a, got long, long. Yeah, I think because I'm, I'm so long here, that's why I feel safe. Yeah, mm. it's almost like a sport within the sport, like elbow the elbow game. Like mm-hmm. um, one of our coaches, Lyndon Whitlock, he talks about it a lot. But like the elbows in the clinch, it's just man, you got to be a little bit you got to be a, a bit of a different breed to like stand in the clinch range and be able to throw elbows and like, yeah, accept that you're in that range to get hit with elbows too. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I haven't fought in like two years, but my last fight, I got like split open, like right here with yeah. a, like oh, a down elbow. Tomahawk. Tomahawk. Yeah. Hey, tomahawk hey, elbow. Yeah. It's a uh, scary That's stuff. It. Anyways, you were talking about uh, George St. Pierre a bit earlier. Uh, I just noticed going through your Instagram, I saw a video, you guys are like marker sparring. Um, yeah. I was just wondering uh, how how you guys got connected and what your like training experience together is. Um, so for me, it's a bit different than than him because he actually like got to work with him and do a lot more. I just did the marker sparring with him. Okay. Like it no, was you like, went to you came to his private gym and yeah, everything. Like I'm I met uh, George like years back when I was competing and wrestling and stuff and I went to Montreal and that's when I first met him and then we've been to Montreal a couple times since and so when he, when we're there and he's there we we get work in and stuff so that was just like I think it was after practice one time at the markers yeah the markers sparring yeah yeah, yeah it was after practice like we had a messed up eye or yeah he was wearing a He's wearing like some goggles. Uh, I saw. Yeah, like he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't actually. He couldn't do real sparring because he had like a bat, something wrong with his eye. Like so that's cornea, that's cornea why we have the goggles on and everything. And you don't want to okay. get a marker in the eye. But. Yeah. So he so. just had like different methods of training, and and that was one of the things that he was doing. Okay. But no, whenever like, and then he invited us to like his private training layer, and it was like, yeah, it, we had to drive. To, it was like some rural area. Like I was like, where are we going? And then you pull up, and it's just like a big shed. It looks like nothing from the outside, and then you go in, and there's like like his like belt is there. Oh, like state of the art toilet cut screen. Yeah, like like it was crazy. You go in, there was like an alarm system, like a red light across. Yeah, like it was it was really cool. So actually, I have the video of you guys marking. I'll pull the video up of you guys uh, sparring. I have the video of you guys marker sparring. I'll, I'll pull it up. Oh, you can do that, eh? Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't try it last time, but um, okay. Uh, sorry, one second. Careful, you're going through your internet history there. You're gonna. Yeah. 
And then uh, another thing I saw on your page was just like uh, kind of breaking down the yin yang symbol. And I thought this was like a, a really good uh, thing to talk about now, uh, just with everything going on in the world is talking about like, here's the good, here's the bad, here's the bad in the good and here's the good in the bad. So I was just kind of wondering, uh, first off, uh, what's your involvement uh, with like the youth shelter? And then also how have you guys been kind of finding the good within the bad uh, with this whole COVID-19 situation? Um, so I use, that's like from a youth homeless shelter. It's called the raft. I worked there for like, I think probably like nine years, something like that. So first I was like volunteering there and then I went on relief staff and then I was full time for a while. And then I started competing and fighting and stuff. And then, so I went, I like went back down to just relief staff and then now it's just like with training it's just full like completely full time and fighting so i don't uh i don't work there anymore but i still highly recommend people donate their food uh like dishes any uh clothing especially all that kind of stuff send it to the raft it's like right by the bus terminal downtown there are awesome people there and they they help out a lot um but yeah finding the good within the bad is like it's we're we're making the the best of it right now um because like luckily we are still able to train there's like a small small very small group of us that kind of only are in contact with each other and uh yeah. so we're still doing at least one session a day a lot of time we're doing two sessions a day so it's kind of nice because we actually get to recover in between instead of uh like having to you know be running classes or whatever i mean of course it's going to be way better once we can get back to it but yeah. we're, we're making the best out of it right now of course nice yeah because i know you guys are usually like crazy busy like uh just to have you guys have the time to be on the podcast like that's one uh plus for me anyways with the whole quarantine i know usually probably be too busy um also like just the podcast in general like uh that's something i've been talking about doing for years but now that uh have all this time off it's a, a good time to do yeah. it people have time to listen people have time to come on um anyways um i know it's like a really tough time for gym owners especially uh what is your guys kind of plan moving forward and how are you adapting to the whole uh situation yeah so like literally during the, the time of this like break we had our one year anniversary of uh since we opened um and it like before that it was like you know a year of planning and and getting everything going so it's been like almost two years probably since uh since we we started this journey and we just got to a point where the gym was like self-sustaining and we were even able to start like uh, paying things off and paying ourselves and stuff like right before this this whole thing happened so it was a little bit of, well it's been a big blow but at the same sense like it's been a nice time for like us to kind of like reflect and just do a lot of things that we haven't had the time to do with like the inner workings of the gym and just kind of planning for the future so um nice. but as far as like us sustaining we we got like a little bit of break on the rent for the the time being 
and okay. eventually yeah and and i was just gonna say like we our members at the gym like maybe everybody says this but we really do have the best like team at the yeah. at, at niagara top team like the members are amazing so many people have been so supportive so many people are like continuing to pay their memberships even though we're closed and they like insist and it's just crazy the support that we've got so we're we're going to be okay like it's definitely going to be a big hit for us and it's going to set us back as far as like our memberships and everything and we're going to have to kind of crawl back from from this but we're going to be okay we'll we'll get through it and like i hope that when this all like settles and everything people aren't going to be like afraid to to train and be in contact once we get the okay that's that's kind of our one fear but yeah uh, as far as like the the pro team and like jazz is you know these guys are doing the work they're not uh they're not like letting off the gas like it's just you got to adjust adjust your training but like the like gsp has got an eye injury finds a way to get training in we find a way like if there's a will there's a way so yeah we're, we're getting we'll get through it yeah martial arts are all about adapting anyways so it's it's good uh yeah. to light-hearted uh topic uh i noticed that you walk out to uh sweat by inner circle uh what yeah. is it about that song that uh uh kind of gets you ready to fight and why did you choose that song as your walkout song uh, so, tell the truth so it, it's funny i was actually it was like one night i was driving home from the raft after like a, a a shift and you get off at midnight and then by the time you do shift change and all that it's probably like one o'clock in the morning almost and i was like just listening to the radio i was driving home and the song came on i'm like you know what this would actually be like a sick walkout song and then i started like listening to it more and i'm like wait a minute the words to this song are like because it has such like a upbeat good like kind of like feel to the music but then you listen to the words and it it's like kind of questionable i guess you could yeah. say but, and so i'm like all right i like i like the uh the contrast that i got going on here and then so i was like kind of humming and hawing about it for a bit and then every time i'd listen to it it would like kind of like set in more and more and more that i'm like yeah this is a this is a sick walkout song nice. <laughs> and uh what kind of thoughts are going through your mind as you're uh making that walk out to the uh cage um like the actual walk like when i'm in the back i'm like thinking of thinking about it and just trying to like stay warm and stuff but when I'm actually walking out, I don't think I'm really thinking. I'm almost just like kind present. of accept, yeah, present and like accepting that I'm just like going into the cage and I'm about to fight and I'm just like, all right, this is, this is happening kind of thing. I'm like, I'm not, I, I can't, I'm sure I'm thinking something, but I, I can't like actively think about what I'm thinking about. Nice. And then a uh, question for Chris. In the past, you told me uh, how uh, your different fighters require different pre-fight uh, activities. Like, uh, I forget which fighter, but one of your fighters likes to pit, play chess, like, uh, when he's, uh, like, day before, night before. Um, yeah. And it just kind of varies based on personalities. Um, uh, how do you kind of determine uh, what's the best way for each fighter to kind of uh, mentally prepare? Yeah, it's just like you said, it's individual, and I think a lot of it is getting to know, getting to know the athlete. Like you're talking about, like playing chess. As a, my buddy Mitch Gagnon, we, we 
played a bunch of chess before his last UFC fight. Like I was like at that point in his career, he kind of already knew what he had to do where younger athletes, they don't really know. So um, it's just individual. Like I, I feel the biggest thing I learned this from Marty is, is huge. Is like, no matter what happens, like when you go out there and you're about to step in the cage or you're about to step on the mat, there's no more, there's no more like uh, faking it or anything like that. Like, so the more you can kind of replicate that intensity in practice and put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable, then the more comfortable you can kind of be getting in there. So that's one big thing. Um, and yeah, the other thing is just where, they, where they want to go. Like some people don't want to talk a lot. You can, you can get a feel like jazz does like she's, I don't know if it's natural or what it is, but she, she prepares really well for the fight on her own. Like I don't need to talk to her. I don't need to talk about her feelings. I don't need to, go through the whole game plan like she she's set she'll she's not like you can't talk to her but she just she's got it down where other people may, maybe you got to like just put things in perspective for them a little bit more and you know hey everything's good you've done the work and kind of talk them through it but it's a feel thing like each fighter's different like I feel like the more prepared the fighter is though the easier the job is the day of the fight that's one thing for sure I noticed Nice. And uh, Jazz, do you have any like kind of pre-fight rituals that you like to do? Um, not really. Like, I mean, there's like certain things that I that I kind of like do leading up. I'm like making sure that like my diet's good, my training's good, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I don't. There's not like any specific thing. It seems like every fight there's like a little bit of like a different thing that I almost like kind of get stuck on. You like getting smacked around a little bit before you fight. Like, yeah, yeah. I like, I like, I like, like, uh, my last fight for the FC, CFFC, like Vlad and Aaron were there and I had like Vlad warmed me up and then I'm like, Oh yeah. Like kick my body a little bit. So, cause you know, you get that like pump on kind of thing. And so he started like kicking me. It was like, literally two minutes before we were walking down and I saw him like look at Aaron because he I'm like harder harder I'm like you gotta kick me harder and then um he like looked at Aaron he's like like I don't know if I should be doing this (laughs) and then so he's he was like still kicking the same amount but I like kind of like pushed my body into him so that I would feel like that like you know it gets you like pumped up so yeah I like a little bit of that. <laughs> nice. And uh, so you fought on so many different promotions for different martial arts. Uh, uh, you fought Parabellum, Canada Cup, uh, Wrestling Nationals, uh, all different fight promotions. What's been your favorite uh, fight promotion uh, to compete on? Um, you know what? That, honestly, I haven't had a bad experience on any fight promotions like they've all been sick i really i really liked the one in uh, plymouth massachusetts it, it was called cage titans um that was like the, the hardest fight of my career and all that, that was like the five rounder one right or the three rounder right like it went the distance yeah it's three rounds but it was like we were like swaying in the whole yeah, time like, it's like in a no phone booth was, yeah and like we we're all fucked up after stuff it was like it was nuts but um that I really like that organization. We stayed at my manager, Matt Dodge, he's got a place in uh, Cape Cod. And so he let us like stay at his place there. And so it was like, just like the perfect 
fight weekend. We we were right by the water, so we like got we went out and like checked out the the water like the on fight day, and we had like awesome food. Um, the the promotion was sick. Like the the guys that ran it, like they were super accommodating, and um, it was like a cool venue. Lit like there's nothing bad I can say about it. Honestly, it was that was that was probably the most fun weekend. But I haven't had a bad experience in all honesty. So it's it's really hard to to choose. And it was sick fighting for BTC because it was like hometown. So yeah. it was, I don't know. It's it's so hard. There's positives about everything. Okay. And uh, speaking of, do you mind if I show uh, the clip from your BTC fight? Yeah, go for it. Because it's a pretty crazy fight. Can you see it? Here we go. Yeah, there it is. The center of the cage, but Jasmine Jazdavicius eats a couple shots and delivers a nice kick right to the body. A lot of fainting from Ricker early on. Ooh, Ooh. Nice head kick by Jazz. Jazz with a big hurt. head kick. Ricker it's pretty choppy. I don't know if it's choppy on your end, but uh, yeah, it might be choppy when uh, I, I can see it fine on mine, but the probably the recording might right be. To the ribs. All right, you get the point. Yeah, good fight. Anyway, um, so what's the next goal for you guys both in your uh, careers? Well, hopefully this COVID thing clears up quick and I can get on a card like sooner than later. There's been like talk about uh, the Dana White Contender Series. So hopefully that or I don't know, whatever, we'll see. And for you, Chris? Just get back to to coach and coaching up Brock. Miss everybody at Brock. All the uh, all the athletes. Like it's it's so strange going from like seeing you guys like twice a day or once or twice a day year round to like not having any contact with anyone on the team. Um, yeah. And I'm not like a big texter or anything like that either. Like I, I I keep up with you know people through the social media, but I haven't really like been in contact with anyone from the team. So. Just looking forward to getting back to coaching at Brock. Again, looking forward to getting coaching uh, back at Niagara Top team, everyone from Parabellum. As far as goals, uh, we have some business goals and stuff and have some personal goals, but a, really a big one for for me right now is uh, getting some of these guys into the UFC. Jazz is right on the cusp to, to, be, to fight in the UFC. Uh, Anthony Romero is right on the cusp. Um, Aaron Jeffries is, is right there too. So we got like three guys that are, you know, right there. And then, and then some of the guys from Parabellum too, like Scott Hudson, sense of these guys are, you know, that's my, like, that's what I want to do is get the, get, get these guys fighting in the biggest promotions. And then we have, you know, wrestlers getting ready for the Olympics and, and however that's going to all pan out, but we got more qualifying tournaments in, in uh, coming up. We had the Pan Ams, um, but we have more qualifying tournaments coming up there. And, um, yeah, just getting back to that, you know, got a lot of amateur fighters looking to debut potentially this year, uh, taking their first amateur fight. So all that stuff, that's what I look forward to. Cool. Uh, so for the Olympics being moved, does that mean people that, uh, like didn't qualify at the Pan Am qualifiers now will have like a second chance to qualify or how does that work? Uh, the, like the Pan Ams, that was just like the, I'm not even the first step, but that was like, 
one of the steps to qualify. So there's other qualification tournaments that they'll get to compete in to qualify still. Okay, sweet. Um, and what's been your proudest moment as an athlete and your proudest moment as a coach? Ooh. Good question. Proudest moment as a coach? Uh. I saw you posted something about uh, like when uh, Kira ran into Yeah, I, I was just, I was literally just going to say that. Like proudest moment as a coach was probably like seeing my daughter like compete in a competition and not that she like she won it and that was cool but just how she like handled it like it was so fucking cute that i don't know she she came out and like she you could tell she was so nervous but she was like she was like courageous and and that was something i thought was so cool to see like my child have like courage and and be brave to go out there and do something that she was clearly uncomfortable and then yeah. when she won she showed like respect and went over and shook the hand you know like so you know, and, and when she went out there, she gave it her best. And these are the things as a coach, like it sounds corny, but that's actually all you want. You want someone that's willing to, to work hard and, and dedicate themselves to something and, and see through something that they say they're going to do, um, you know, show courage and stuff like that when it comes down to it and then be respectful and, and thankful and stuff after the competition and, and be humble. So to see my own child do that and like go through that, that whole, that whole procedure of uh, that whole, um, I don't know. It's just, it's really, that was really cool. I could almost tear up if I keep talking about it. So I won't. Yeah. Do you think and she'll want to, what's that? I was going to say, do you think she'll want to kind of follow in your guys' footsteps and become like a wrestler or a fighter? Yeah. Like I, I could send you some videos. Like she literally, she loves it. She, she shadow boxes at home. She yeah. does like her own stance drills and sprawls and she'll always want to like, mess around and like we fight and she throws like hard punches and stuff like she she loves it right now but whatever she chooses to do is, is what she wants to do i i feel like she has it in her so yeah i've seen she I has could, a i could see her getting into it pretty hard she has a pretty nasty head kick i saw you guys kind of you holding uh pads for well like just your hands one time yeah yeah the, just hand, some hand the, i think it was a christmas like, party or something or one of the yeah um, yeah, like Jazz and D Marks run like the kids program along with some other people that help, and I jump in once in a while. But that's a, like a product of uh, like our kids program. That's I don't really coach her too much. Like I show her things yeah. around the house and stuff, but that's mostly like Jazz and D Marks, and then the other the other people that help at the gym. Like we got um, a young kid uh, Cam who's like uh, helps out with the kids program. Aiden, uh, Tisha, we have lots of help. Jared helps out. Cody lots of people help out with that kids program and it's like cool to see that develop you know I love working with the pros and stuff obviously that's kind of I mean that's originally why I got into like coaching martial arts but now that I'm like I have a gym and everything and I get to see kids and like how influential you can be and how it can like be a positive thing for kids getting in martial arts and not just like it's not just about fighting in a cage like 99.9 percent .9 of people I don't think fighting is for them but like what you can learn through the practice and the discipline and all that stuff it's that's what it's about so yeah you know you learn you learn that stuff as you get older but i still i still love the uh the fighting and i love the wrestling and the competition but like i said it's not for everybody so yeah either way it's I was a great... as an athlete i i honestly don't even i can't even put i couldn't even really think of one like i don't know no worries um, maybe but, like maybe like one of like the national my first nationals or something was pretty cool. How old were you when you won your first nationals? 
um, 2000, like first uh, senior nationals was 2008. So I would have been 25. Okay. 24. And then Jazz, you came second in nationals too as well, right? Yeah, but it was like non Olympic weight class and three people in the way. So it doesn't really oh. count. <laughs> Still an accomplishment anyways. Um, but yeah, like you were saying earlier, uh, I, I agree. It's like, even if you're not wanting to become a fighter, I think martial arts are like one of the best mediums for self-development. You're learning discipline, courage, all those things you're talking about. So either yeah. way, if you want to fight or not, it's uh, still something sh people should put their kids in at a young age, I think, personally. Yeah. Um, it's way more fun than running on a, on a treadmill or, or lifting weights, too. That's what I yeah, find. Exactly. Like, I'm kind of forced to do some of that stuff now. Um, you know, with the quarantine and stuff, I'm not able to get in there as much. So, like, I've been forcing myself to try to get on the, the bike and do do the cardio that way. But I would way rather like do jujitsu practice to get my like fitness in rather than just like you know being a like running on the running on the treadmill or lifting weights. I like grappling or striking; it's way more fun. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> nice. Uh, how do you guys feel about the uh, whole UFC Fight Island uh, 249 thing? Pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. Uh, any fights in particular you're most excited for? I'm hoping she gets a short notice fight. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. She's four and zero. Maybe, maybe they uh, they call her in. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. But I'm obviously, like anything the, uh, with Khabib or Tony Ferguson or McGregor, any of those. Gaethje. Yeah, Gaethje. Yeah. Any of those fights, like, gonna be huge. I'm looking forward to the uh, Cejudo and uh, Cruz fight. That's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been, I downloaded yeah. it. Like, Dominic Cruz has, like, free footwork drills right now. Like, you just, like, sign up for it, and they get, like, emailed to you every day. It's pretty sick. Okay, nice. Um, and then I guess that's uh, about all the questions I have for you guys today. Uh, you guys want to maybe uh, say your social media handles if people want to uh, follow you? No, all good. <laughs> um, no, follow, and, uh, follow follow Niagara Top Team. Follow, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Rock cool. Wrestling. I guess we could always get more people. Sweet. And then, oh, one other thing I wanted to uh, end off with. Uh, I know you guys have uh, your like Collie um, uh, kind of startup company with the. Uh, I do you mind if I show your commercial to finish off? That's sure we haven't we haven't really had time to work at that we're all been kind of busy but yeah cool sweet so uh, thanks for being on the podcast i appreciate it a lot and uh hopefully i get to see you guys soon and get some more training sounds good buddy thanks for having us on no worries and then tomorrow jenny and i are going to the fabric store to pick up these great linens What's the thread count on them? Like 600? Nobody cares! You're gonna watch MMA, not talk about your cheats! I just wanna have fun. I have something for you. Collies. They're fake cauliflower ears to support your favorite fighter. 
They're for the ultimate fan. It's the fingerprint of a fighter. It's So thanks for listening today, guys. See ya.